0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting a Podcast. It is the off-season, and lots of things to kind of get done, plan, prepare, and that's kind of what I'm working on right now. I am a couple of months behind from where I was hoping to be with some of my last year's meat preparation. I finally got to it this weekend, and I bit off way more than I could chew. So I would highly suggest if you have a pile of tags and you can go fill a bunch of tags deep all your grind and things you want to do something with bag it up in one gallon bags freeze it it'll be good for a little while and i didn't i trimmed it but i just threw it in bag ready to grind and it uh, um, was ready to go as soon as i pulled it out of the freezer but i had about 90 pounds to 100 pounds of that stuff oh over 100 pounds of that stuff and gave away 40 pounds of that to some friends to go make whatever they want out of it and then the other 50 plus pounds of that uh, I had to mess with the other day and I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I've got most of the day why don't I pull this all out and make some good stuff out of it and do everything I had planned which was giant mistake. It was way more than I needed to do. I needed to break that up. So lesson learned, don't wait till end of April to, to take care of all that meat. Um, it was just a little long. I had one little package where there was a couple square inches of some freezer burn, but otherwise it was just fine. But the bigger issue was dealing with all of that in one day. I had some bear fat that needed to be rendered down and make some cracklings out of, which I was not a fan of until just recently when I looked up a recipe and realized, yeah, you just don't pop them in your mouth after they cool down, but you season them and they taste pretty good, actually. So I made some of those and froze them. I'll pull them out again for some hunting snacks. So, uh, in the off season, another great thing to do with some of that bear fat is do that. And I like taking a little bit of that that grease and throwing it in the pan before I cook my eggs. It makes a little bit of a mess because it's splattering, but it gives that your uh, your eggs just a really good good flavor. And then the cracklings I'll pull out for a trail snack. If you do live in any trout trout country, uh, another great thing to do is catch some fish and smoke it. I, I did a little bit of that and have some, uh, waiting for, I'll just have that frozen till, till hunting season. I'll put that in my pack. I usually like to buy the, the packaged salmon, uh, that it, smoked salmon, but it's really expensive. So why not just catch some local fish that I really typically don't like to eat and smoke it and it'll be a good, healthy trail snack. So that was one of the things I had, bare fat. Next. Pheasant turkey legs uh, and some leftover pheasant breasts. I decided I'm going to make some sausage out of that. So you got to grind it, mix it, and so on. That was one project done, uh, about eight pounds of that. Then summer sausage and snack sticks. That was the big project that I had planned for and I had purchased uh, some stuff. The uh, Walton's, there's my box. I was looking at what that company was. Walton's seasoning, really good. And I had a buddy recommend them looked at uh their videos and he shared a recipe really helpful definitely not meant for a traeger smoker but something that can be cold smoked and and something a little lower temperature my traeger can only get to 180 it needs to be a lot lower lower than that so I'm going to mess around with the, the cooking techniques there. But the, looking forward to making some summer sausage and snack sticks, which I typically don't do because I've never really figured them out. But look at the Walton's videos, and I think you can you can figure it out. It's pretty pretty easy. And uh, a sausage stuffer is kind of important. Don't mess around with the meat grinder. It's a pain. And then on top of that, thought, well, I got, uh, oh, what did I have left? Maybe... 10 pounds of bear sausage. Okay, mix up my bear sausage and going to package that. That's still sitting in the, in the gallon Ziploc after I mixed it all up because I ran out of freezer paper. Then about 50 pounds of just regular old burger. I had to grind that and add in pork fat to that as well. So uh, that mostly got packaged. Ran out of freezer paper. One thing I'm very disappointed in in Rapid City, South Dakota is their supply of freezer paper it's it's horrible there is not uh, is, there was zero freezer paper in our grocery store so I got to go to Walmart and see what they what they have so uh way too much on my plate but if I had done that in January or February I would have uh, been a lot more pleased with myself and spread that out uh, to uh, to make that workload not so so much of a deal but I am pleased with having to uh, save all that and don't mess with it during the season. Don't mess with one deer here, one deer there. Save that all up. Uh, and if it's just one deer you end up getting, then go for it. Do it in this, during the or just after the season. But I'd suggest, uh, especially when you got doe tags and, and you can get a plethora of uh, different species, wait till it's all done and do a big project where you, where you take on, it's going to be summer sausage day. It's going to be bear sausage day and so on. But moving on, Uh, the other things we're looking at in the off season here is it is legislative season and I'm posting a lot about howl.org's posts and the bills. Make sure you get onto howl and, and, uh, share your howl there. I am making sure I share everything with that and, uh, kind of keeping, keeping things updated. I haven't received one of their uh, howl updates in a while, but as, as soon as I get one, I will post it. I bet there's one coming here shortly. But I did listen to, and this is something that's kind of fascinating. If you don't listen to your state's commission meetings, I think that's a great way to get involved. And so I know that there's a lot of Colorado listeners here, so I went and pulled, or Colorado hunters, I went and pulled the last commission meeting and gave it mostly a watch. It's kind of long, but very informational. So a couple of things that I picked up from that, uh, this one was focused on the Northwest region deer herd management plan, which I have an interest in because that's where I do majority of my hunting. And there was some questions about and some studying going on with the uh, pressure from activity on wildlife. And with a real rough winter, that is something that is is of interest. So, there, if you Google Colorado Guide to Planning Trails with Wildlife, uh, there's a whole document there. Look at the summary. It's on CPW's website. You can pull that up, and yeah, it's got some information on there. But there's one piece that I was really hoping for, and one of the commissioners did a really good job of answering, a, asking a question. He said, "Is there one?" Or she said, "Is there one specific activity that is creating more?" pressure on wildlife. And I was just waiting for shed hunting, shed hunting, shed hunting. Nope, that's not what came. Uh, but the statement that that person said is trail based activity is causing issues. And, uh, another one is, is anything with dogs off a leash. So, and I, I do take my dog for, walk when we're shed hunting uh off the leash and that that is i can see that that might be something to compromise with down down the road is if we are hitting the the woods early to shed hunt maybe you leave your dog at home i don't know that's part of the fun is having your dog with so if there is a compromise maybe that's it uh just to to, or you know there's wildlife in the area maybe leave them which is, is tough for it because there are companions and we want to hike with them. But that was something that came up. So food for thought on that. But what I was thinking more of was trail-based activities. That's not shed hunters. That is uh, off-road vehicle recreators and your typical hikers yelling and talking and giggling and laughing that never see wildlife because they're, they're talking too loud on the trail. Maybe that's it. Uh, Typically when I'm shed hunting, it's, I'm pretty quiet. Uh, You're just moving through the woods like you're hunting. So I'm going to defend shed hunting in that way that that we are still not creating that much, uh, not as much pressure, the majority of us as some of those other recreators that are getting out. And here in South Dakota, this is a problem, a big problem. We're seeing some of the uh, posts of people trying to catch people and try and make a statement of it. Uh, that off road vehicle use is is needs to stop. There is, you see, shed hunters seeing snowmobile tracks all over the place and four wheeler tracks just all over the tra- all over the place without a trail nearby, and that is going to be extremely disruptive. Uh, that's a big problem in South Dakota, and I, I hate it, it drives me nuts. Uh, just because one, it's illegal. And two, I'm the one and many of us are hiking and instead of being lazy and cruising in trying to cover ground. So, uh, if that's you knock it off, but, and maybe share some of that word, I'm sure that's helping it happening in other States as well. So let's, uh, let's keep our off-road vehicles on the trail, which would be great. Some other interesting things that popped up during that commission meeting where, and I'm seeing this in multiple commissions talking more about renewable energy and it makes sense that they're going to be asked about that to do environmental impact statements when it comes to, is this solar field or wind farm going to disrupt wildlife? But typically the agencies are the last ones to be able to, to, approve that sort of thing and so much work has already been done by these private companies to approve the the renewable energy source solar field wind farm something like that and they it, it's almost too late at that point they've already done all this work so getting that pressure to deny something is kind of a big deal so they are they're asking to get ahead of some of these things and one of the commissioners had a great idea of could we could we have a system in place where This area, this area, this area, like a map, is off limits. You can't do it. And so that saves all those private companies to uh, remove, like not even try in those areas. Which, is that going to work or not? I don't know. But interesting idea. And then another commissioner came up with a really, really good point that as these people or the commissioners were talking about the renewables and, and they were all in support of this or that. And okay, we got to figure it out. Uh, but the underlar, the the common theme across most of these commission meetings are habitat loss. And, uh, habitat is always in the plan as an issue and having to deal with, with that. And here we are looking at thousand acre solar fields, uh, that, that There's a thousand acre solar field In Colorado in the works And do you think that's going to have Some habitat loss? Absolutely So yet we're in support Of, of support of And I'm saying we as in Not me uh, CPW being in support of Some of these renewables But yet Habitat loss is, is Kind of that Well it's okay when it's a renewable so something to think about there that hmm. it made me think and made uh, some of those other commissioners think as well that that's just not okay. And last on the portion that I watched of the CPW commission meeting was the Wolf Management Plan. Uh, they're in a, another draft, and I guess the final gets approved May 3rd and 4th, 3rd or 4th, something like that. So I have a... Uh, email out to CPW, and we're waiting until after that. And I'm going to get a person on to do a full synopsis of the, or a summary of the 253, um, plus or minus 25 pages, doesn't matter, 253 pages of a wolf management plan. And uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot in there, a lot in there that is okay and makes sense um other wa- and a whole bunch of it that is things getting snuck in so uh it, we we're not in the discussion now of whether we agree with it or not. it's happening uh I read that on uh Howl for wildlife their little bill that they need help with right now, so go and and do something about that before May third fourth in support of uh it's in support of some some landowners that need reimbursement for loss of, of livestock. So go, go sign that. Uh, so yeah, again, the argument is not whether or not we agree with the wolf management or wolf in reintroduction it's happening. It's law, so now we just have to state our voices on how to manage them and make sure that we as sportsmen get our uh, a way to be involved instead of it being an uh, uh, endangered species list thing that just stays on there forever no, many, no matter how many wolves are there. Uh, Colorado's got me a little nervous on a few things, and that's one of them. Uh, but, uh, in this off season, I'm transitioning again in this off season. We are also an application season. I've had other application related things, but I believe I've got most of my, uh, game plan down. And so this episode, I really wanted to do a state by state breakdown to kind of figure out, uh, not just what I'm doing, but maybe some helpful tips for you on looking at each state in the, the West most of the west. I've actually been uh, west of the Mississippi River. Uh, So for sure a ton of the west looking at every single state here. So I'm going to break each one of those down into uh, maybe a way of of rotating or a way of accessing each one of those states for uh, your hunting deeds. So this year's draft goals are archery elk and a bear is just a backup tag in Colorado. That's my first one on the list, and the first hunt of the year going to be uh, high pressured. I know it's going to be a season with lots of people all over, and I'm nervous about that. Like I've said in previous episodes, closed units to over the counter. Uh, mark my words. This is the last season of over-the-counter or the l- second-to-last season of over-the-counter. That's my prediction. It's not fact right now, but that's what I'm going to say is going to happen because uh, there's just no way they can maintain this this over-the-counter thing when you keep closing units and units. What are you going to have over-the-counter for 10 units? That would be horrible. So uh, we'll see what happens, especially with their, their die-off of – Yeah, there's some die off of of wildlife that are struggling this winter So we're going to spend September in Colorado And if we do well, uh, I'll go buy a tag Otherwise I'm just going to be taking my dad Then, next on my list was going to be a in Not the season order uh, But a new adventure to Montana And get a general tag there So scratch that, didn't draw it uh, Which is kind of cool that their draw is early enough and you get your results within two weeks. I haven't got an email, but I just went and looked it up. Montana results are really out. Uh, I did not draw Montana, which I'm kind of thankful for, and I'll explain later. Uh, but that was going to be the new deer adventure, I was spending some time in Montana. It was roughly 52 to 54% odds for that general tra- tag without any preference. Uh, didn't draw it. So, yes, I'm one of, the, one of the few, one of the half that didn't get it. Uh, but, so scratch that. What am I going to fill that with? I'm not sure. Arizona, question mark? Or uh, stay home and spend some time uh, with uh, my options here in South Dakota? Uh, Nebraska, possibly. We're going to look at that. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, If we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan, For just fifteen bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash waypoint. That's mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to fifteen bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
1: To get 50% off.
0: Uh, home state. That's the next thing on my list for sure. Archery deer isn't always a must. I got You got to take care of those, those home state hunts first and make those a priority. There's a lot of great stuff around uh, your home state. So I'm going to spend some time here doing archery deer. And probably going to shoot for a mule deer hunt of some kind with that archery tag. Um, maybe something else within my state. I'm not sure, maybe some rifle tags. Maybe go and do some archery antelope here in South Dakota. I don't know. Uh, There's there's a lot of wonders what I'm going to do, and I don't have to make that decision right now. Uh, My application for Colorado is in, and I know that I'm not going to draw anything there. I don't have any other apps out that I'm waiting for at this point. So uh, let's kind of break this down, how I came to some of these conclusions, or I'm working through some of these conclusions. First off, like I've said in multiple season planning episodes, is you got to set your goal, set your budget. Uh, And my budget gets more set around what is that money that I'm not going to get back. Uh, And I added it up, which was a little more painful to realize that this is money I'm just dumping every single year. But I know I'm gonna create some opportunities down the road. Eight hundred to a thousand bucks uh, is what I spend just for applying in different states, which is not actually that much compared to some people. Uh, Eight hundred to a thousand is what I'm willing to just give up for preference points, for options to draw for the. You got to get qualifying licenses in various various states. Uh, and those twenty-five to fifty-dollar preference points add up. Colorado's my big one. That's the one that I drop a ton of money in. So why that's so big uh, to uh, for moose, goat, and sheep. And I want to have an option for moose, goat, and sheep. That's where I started. So I'm going to continue on with that. Uh, but first off, and foremost, your home state has to be on the top of the list. Work through your hunts and your home state first. Uh, and and set those up. My goals for this year are going to be, um, one, it's patience and looking for a quality animal. So that means not a ton of tags for me. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, my freezer is pretty full and I'm not going to go crazy giving that away. So I don't have that pressure that I need to go fill it. And I know that I could easily buy even in des- as late as December, I could go buy some doe tags, go shoot three does and be fine. Uh, I'm going to, I don't have to worry about the the meat option. So that's going to be something I can worry about later. I'm going to look at quality of hunts and uh, go have some, have some fun hunting adventures. I don't, I'm not going to have the pressure to shoot something. That's my goal is just to be, have some patience and not feel the pressure to to pull the trigger on something that I don't necessarily want to shoot so let's start breaking down these states minus your home state uh one i guess oh geez i just said home state uh, you're not all from south dakota so let me break start with south dakota since that's my home state uh there is no longer over the counter on public land um, unlimited south dakota archery deer and antelope you had to apply or have to apply. I think that's still open. I can't remember. Uh, but you will have to apply. Yes, it is open. Uh, and that's going to significantly reduce that. Our tags are cheaper. Um, it's unlimited still on private land. So maybe if you got some options there, you could uh, still look at South Dakota for that, but you, uh, and you can just show up and buy your tag from private land. How, uh, South Dakota is a great option for some of that stuff. Um, your preference points are cheap. You don't have to buy a, um, buy a qualifying license or anything. For non-residents, uh, I believe you're just spending 10 bucks per preference point. You can't hunt elk here, but you can hunt deer and antelope. So if you're buying preference points, South Dakota is a great state to be doing that. Uh, and it's, it's cheap and easy. Uh, Colorado. This is my frequent state, uh, is what I labeled it. So you got your home state, and then get your frequent state that you spend a lot of time in that you want to go to frequently. Um, I have it in the rotation for elk that do my over-the-counter for now, and I'm planning on doing draw stuff in the future. And almost all of my stuff that I'm planning points for, or saving points for, is in that 5 to 10 point range. I am not saving for 15, 20. I'm not, not making those those commitments except for Moose, Goat, and Sheep. Uh, so I have a 5 to 10 point um, plan across the West that if I have 5 to 10 points, I could get a decent tag and I could draw them frequent enough to be able to go and do a bunch of out cutting. So Colorado is one of those that in the next, I have six points, probably in the next four to five, six years, that's a that's a tag I want to draw. Uh, deer, that's my every four year tag, unless I can, uh, and this is a good point, you can save those up, but you can also go pick stuff up off the reissue list and apply for those, which is a really good option. It's not as... Uh, you can you can't do it as well as you used to where you just swoop in and it'd show up randomly in the middle of the week I miss that uh so that's a that's a bummer you have to just apply like everyone else and maybe get it or nope it just pops up on that one day and there's no way you can be fast enough to to get those antelope that's that I do have a little bit of a the long game in that one I'm gonna wait for a decent unit as in about 10 years I'm in about Eight, or I think now, but it's gonna be a that'll be a good one. Moose, goat, and sheep. This is my hopefully someday state. Wyoming, not the state to do it in anymore. Uh, Montana might be, Nevada would be a good sheep unit, uh, state. Uh, but the moose, goat, and sheep, this is where I started. My odds are slim to nil, but. I, it's where I've started, so I'm going to just keep pumping pumping 300 bucks a year into it and see what happens. I know I've already gotten a goat tag, and I bet you I can get another one down the road. I know I can, and if I just keep plugging away, I'm going to hopefully draw one. The good news with the moose, goat, and sheep for me, where I'm at with my points at about five weighted points, which is not a lot, but it is still ahead of the big... Uh, bulb bulbous number of of applicants when you didn't have to pay that hundred dollars there was a year when you didn't have to pay uh to apply and get a point um any more than seven bucks a piece so there was a whole bunch of new applicants and you're and I'm, I'm ahead of that so that's that's good for me uh and then bear if you want to hunt fall bear, Colorado is the place to do it. $100 tags, lots of bears, and CPW wants, wants plenty of those to be removed. So great place to go hunt some fall bear. Moving on to Montana. Montana is a new state for the rotation to be able to spend some time elk hunting. And uh, the only downfall is that it is expensive. Uh, the general tag opportunity uh, is going to be occasional. Uh, I'm not going to be able to do that every single year. Like I said, it's 50 some percent and the preference points for those are a hundred dollars. So preference points are for the general draw and you add that hundred dollars in for just getting that bonus points are for your, uh, probably not going to say the right term, but limited draws and those, those sorts of things where you're, um, Uh, applying for a specific unit outside of that general draw there's a lot more to it but i've been able to learn montana enough to figure out what my game plan is and so i'm going to save shoot for three to five bonus point units for deer and elk and then preference points you can only have three and i didn't buy it because it was another hundred bucks and that would put me over my budget. I figured at 50% odds, why not just put in and if I get it, great. If not, no big deal. I would suggest though, uh, and this is why I'm kind of glad I did not draw Montana this year, is because that tag alone was $700 and you got to pay for it up front. Hopefully, uh, I'll be getting a check here pretty soon. (laughs) That should be coming to reimburse me for not drawing that tag, Uh, but the um, better option is to make montana a elk and deer year and if you go get your bow hunter certification you can go and do do that state that's a bow hunter certification required state Uh, and you buy that bow permit for another ten dollars you can go bow hunt and then come back during the rifle season how awesome is that so if you buy the elk and deer combo for roughly twelve hundred dollars that is a better option than buying just a elk license for a thousand and just the or just the deer combo for seven hundred. I'm probably off a little bit on my numbers, but uh, it's pretty close. So I'm going to spend twelve hundred dollars. Maybe I'm going to maybe shoot for it next year. Try and go there and do a a general hunt. Go in September, do some archery elk. Uh, then maybe deer in there another archery deer if september works out for that maybe archery deer or elk depending on the unit and then go come back during the uh rifle elk season uh and then come back for in late november for the or mid november for the the uh mule deer rut so i could spend a lot of time in montana and montana is a pretty close drive for me so it kind of seems like a an all or nothing state and Montana's going to be that for me because it's I could literally be in Montana in three hours, two and a half, no, two and a half hours, two hours, something like that. So anyway, I could do that state pretty close or drive seven hours and be in some pretty good country. There's a lot of stuff there, and there's a lot of general units. So Montana's looking pretty good, and I know there's a lot of guys that have a lot of success there. It's complicated. Maybe that's what scares a lot of people away, but I tell you, some of those – uh on videos, Randy Newberg videos, uh, Go Hunt videos, all those that break down the states, they really simplify those. So, watch those. I don't really want any more competition, but uh, I think we're past that point in me determining whether I believe in R3 or not. Wyoming. Wyoming is a very resident friendly state. So, as a non resident, I got to plan out a little bit more. It's going to take me three years to get what a resident could get. W- at every year So yeah I have to take that into consideration That uh, I am looking at Wyoming for uh, Antelope and elk I believe I think I started with Deer as well Maybe if not I should uh, Deer, elk, antelope This is not a year to apply for Antelope I don't believe because I think they're Having some massive die off so that's Off the table uh, as another Backup plan for this year uh, but this one is in that that same rotation for uh, having a, a having an elk hunt uh, in in that uh, every two of three years, and I'm going to break that down in a little bit. But uh, antelopes kind of on that list for a good unit or a not a good unit, but a decent unit. Uh, I'm shooting for that five to eight ish. Uh, point area just to to create get something that's touch better I'm not doing any of those those 20 point units at all that's not really in my my game plan for anything but moose goat and sheep and uh, that one's in the elk rotation for that maybe five-year mark Uh, I figure three years it's just going to get me what residents can get I'll look at that five-year mark see if there's something else that's a little bit better so that's Wyoming Kansas this is a future new state for whitetail or mule deer. I got nothing on Kansas other than, uh, preference points are not that bad and looking at it. So, um, I'd consider it, uh, putting in for a point there. Arizona is point state, but it's not in my point rotation or to buy points there because it has, I have to, I have to buy a, or I have to apply Yes. I believe I have to apply and and correct me if I'm wrong. I have to apply to get that uh, um, for something and not draw it to get that point. And that can be a little expensive. Even if I put in for something I know I'm not going to get, I don't know if I want to do that just because of uh, the expense piece to it. I may consider it for and help me out Ryan when you're listening to this we can talk later but a doing something with three-ish points three points to get me something kind of cool in Arizona maybe for three years or so I can I can plan to do something that's a little bit better than a guaranteed draw for the first year. maybe there is no great options for a guaranteed draw uh, but otherwise that's for elk. In Arizona, over the counter is still on my list for someday, maybe this year. I don't know, Ryan. What do you think? Am I coming down? It would be a good year to come down. Uh, I keep thinking about the moisture you're getting now, and if that holds out for spring and summer, it could be a pretty good year for Arizona, Nevada. This is maybe a dream state for me, uh, but expensive to apply, so it's not in the rotation uh, to apply for there. Uh, I don't. I know they got big bucks, bulls, and sheep. Uh, and it's a little far away, so that one is off the rotation for me. Utah, you have to buy a license for preference points, so that's another reason why I don't apply for that one because it increase it puts me over the budget. But another great state to do that in, maybe uh, that could be your Colorado. My Colorado is the one that that I put all that money into. Maybe Utah is it. Maybe Nevada is it. Maybe Arizona is that or or uh, um some of the uh, Montana. Try and find out where. Where it is that you want to put in for. Uh, New Mexico and Idaho. Those are no point states. So if you decide to hunt those. Then just apply. This could, will be then on my list. For someday Because there is no points. I don't have a plan too far ahead. In any of that. Other than just paying attention to it. And finding out where where some of those places might be doing a little research. Uh, so this is a good possibility to apply for an elk hunt, uh, down the road. Um, but it wouldn't be guaranteed obviously. So I I may have, I'm thinking more New Mexico than Idaho. I don't know. Uh, that's just an option for one of those off years that I don't have an elk tag somewhere else that I may consider New Mexico or Idaho. If I could draw something and, uh, go with, no points, or I uh, uh, forget the point thing. Um, one of those better odd units, what I'm trying to say. California, uh, that one's no interest to me. Uh, not for the sake that it's California, it's just, uh, um, it's not very close. And bear is what I hear is, is, uh, really good in California. But I don't have any interest to go in there. It's, I don't want to travel too far for bear because there's some really great options closer. Uh, so if you're closer to California, uh, that might be something you want to put on your list. Washington or Oregon, it's not on my list to hunt. Uh, just for whatever reason. If I get an invite or Intel on that, maybe that'll I'll have a change of mind later on. But again, just not in the budget to apply for that. so it's not on my list. Uh, North Dakota. Not on the list, but I don't know much about it. I would consider, I would consider it in the future. So don't overlook North Dakota. Uh, do a little digging into that one. Nebraska. This one, uh, you have to, I believe you have to apply to get, get points. And this is probably not a year to go. Mule deer hunt, Nebraska. They got pounded in the panhandle of Nebraska. They got absolutely pounded with snow this year and was one of their rough years. So, um, Actually considering it for this year uh, for me for whitetail. Second to last on the list is Oklahoma. It's not, well, not on my list anyway, but it's uh, another one of those states that could be a sleeper state. I'm not sure. Look into it. Don't rule it off the list. I saw Blake Shelton farming his or putting in the corn the other day on Instagram, and uh, I believe he's from Oklahoma, so maybe he knows something. Uh, Texas. That one I just put on my list is show the money. Uh, there is, I did see a post something about, uh, there, there are some DIY hunts that you can apply for. Someone posted that uh, today. So I don't know where that was. Look into it. There's some things there, but most of that is a, what do you want to hunt? And how much is it going to cost you? Uh, I will hunt that state just because I, one of my best friends is down there. And uh, I know he's going to, tell me we have this hunt we need to do. Uh, he does an odd 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 hunt and he's, he just said, I'd love it. So that may happen down the road. If you're looking to shoot something and, and high fence stuff is really not my, not my gig. Even the the low fence stuff, I, it's, it's not necessarily my thing. Um, but it, just with the style of hunting, but there's still an option to go hunt, and I'm not going to turn down something to go hunt uh, if if it uh, is presented and it's reasonable price. So Look at that, Texas is one of those that you can go. Maybe have some other options. So, uh, some of the cl- conclusions is I've set my budget and I kind of broke that down. I said about that 800 to a thousand total. Uh, Colorado ended up being about 450 montana is about 75 south dakota is or my home state is about 80 to 100 of then all these are non-refundable um money that i'm spending kansas about 25 wyoming 125 uh and total for that is at 775 800 somewhere in there uh and I bet you there's a little bit more on top of that. So that's why it just went up to that thousand. So I've set that budget. I've determined kind of what I want to do for the year and, uh, trying to stay within that. So you can see where we, we looked at your home state, uh, cholera, your one state that you're going to put all your eggs in one basket as in your, your pennies, uh, that you're looking for some cool hunts. And then my rotation, if you could pick up on this, I want to hunt elk at least every other year at least every other year. So three states, uh, as in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, uh, each gets me an elk hunt every three-ish years. So if I'm going with someone else, that, that fills one of those years. I can I would count that as an elk hunt. I don't really care. I don't have to be the tag holder. Um, but at least I'm going. Then supplement with Colorado over-the-counter, or other easy to draw, um, easy to get, gets me down to one more time in each of those three years. So I'm getting. I know this math. is probably not making sense to you, but so I'm get sitting at two of every three years going elk cutting. That's my goal right there. That's what I would I would shoot for. So I'm easily getting that every other year, um, or every two of every three years. Uh, so that could work. And then if I supplement like an Idaho, Arizona, New Mexico in an easy draw hunt, then that makes it happen even more. Uh, but it, that may not happen. So shooting for that two to three out of three years to go elk hunt. And the reason for the year off would just be expense uh, or, or, uh, also switching up a big antelope hunt or a big deer hunt with something like that, or definitely not. Probably I know if I draw a good tag of moose goat and sheep, yeah elk hunting ain't gonna happen. I'm not gonna elk hunt I'm gonna look at the moose goat and sheep as uh as one of those or a or something big in another state so that's gonna happen one of these years I bet I'm hoping uh so i'll I'll not elk hunt that year so that's my my uh my focus is I really want to hunt elk every two of three years. Uh, it's not a perfect rotation, but with the points I have, and I've set this up over the last five, trying to get a few points in each, uh, I think I can just about do it. In those years that I'm not elk hunting, I want to throw in some other different states and uh, focus on archery in the home states and, and anything else nearby. So in overview, uh, if you followed along with me, hopefully it give you some motivation to look at some other states and to uh, uh, look at your home state. So set your goals. Uh, maybe that's archery, mule deer, archery elk. I feel like those are my main two goals with also my hunting style goals, uh, plan what is possible and then set the time and the budget for what you're able to do. So good luck in this application season. Uh, share with me what you got planned. Love to hear what, what those, uh, what those options are, uh, for you and what you're thinking or where I went wrong with some of these these states or what I should look at into. Love to hear any uh tips on applying. I think this is fun stuff. I love looking at stats. Uh the I started an Epic Outdoors membership, but really I like to look at them myself. Uh, there's so it's it's okay. The membership is fine. I might look at Go Hunt next year. Uh and the the publication's great. It's really good. It did help me. I will say that. It did help me look at uh, what I wanted to do even in Colorado this year. Uh, so the, lo- those things are helpful in being able to learn some of those other states and gives recommendations on what good good units are, so look into those. But set your goals and uh, have fun with your off-season shooting, your meat care, and enjoying some of that uh, fruits of your labor from the, the fall. And uh, um, listen to those commission meetings and learn something new and stay involved.